Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. Uh, This coming December the 7th, it's going to be 80 years that Pearl Harbor was attacked, 80 years ago. And during, uh, when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and caught us off guard, there's a guy named Joe, uh, and I'm going to mispronounce it, Fitcher. He was stationed on the battleship California in BB-44. When he heard the words, man your battle stations, this is no drill. Mr. Fitcher dropped what he was doing and he went to work. He went to his battle station. And that's what I want to preach to you this morning is, man your battle station. Man your battle station. On December 7th, they had no earthly idea what was going on. The guys there, at least, didn't know what was going on. And it it brought them by surprise. But there's two things you need to remember when we're talking about manning your battle station. Number one, the battle station was ready for action. And number two, they had to work the battle station. Now, when the Lord gave me uh, the title, Manual Battle Station, the first thing that came to my mind was those that protect our country in battle, obviously, in Pearl Harbor and, and all the other wars that followed. But the first thing to remember in a battle is that we are in a battle because we're in the flesh. I'm convinced the reason we go through battles is because we're in the flesh, and I'll explain that just a little bit more a little bit later on. I want to encourage you to man your battle station. My mind went through, of course, what is my battle station? I thought, okay, well, my calling could be my battle station or this or that could be my battle station. Well, my calling is my battle station, but not completely. Part of the victory in our calling is that we operate knowing what we're called to do. That's important, but that's not your complete battle station. Let's go to, I want want you to take a new look at this scripture that we all could quote almost. In Ephesians chapter six, we're gonna start with verse 10. And it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, what we have to do, church, a lot of times we have to, and my wife tells me this all the time, and other people tell me this from time to time, when you're preaching, slow down. Because I evidently talk too fast. (laughs) They tell me to slow down. And I want to encourage you, when you're going through scripture, slow down. Because that one verse of scripture right there is worth our whole trip this morning. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And the word wiles there means tricks. The tricks of the enemy. Verse 13, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The word wrestle there means throw down. Okay, so we don't throw down flesh and blood, even though sometimes we want to. Let's just go ahead and admit it, okay? But we're supposed to throw down principalities, powers, rulers of darkness in this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. It's our responsibility to throw those things down. In other words, those that are in authority that are wicked, it's our responsibility to bring them down. I'm not talking about assassination. I'm not talking about doing that kind of stuff. I'm talking about if someone is an authority that you can vote out of office that shouldn't be there, you should vote. That's enough politics that I'm getting into today. 
Verse 13, wherefore, take unto you, look at somebody and say you. Okay, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Having your loins girt about with truth. That's the, the uh, procreative area of your body. And I got to thinking, having it covered with truth, what a day that we're going through now when people can't decide if they're male or female. And the truth is when they come out of the womb, they're either a boy or a girl. They're not the opposite. We were, uh, Angie was feeding Emma uh, lunch one day or something like that. And I, it must've been a Friday because I was home and she was doing something in the kitchen. I was getting something out of the refrigerator and Emma was eating and she, <laughs> she looked at me and she said, she said, <clears throat> Granddad, I'm a girl, and you're a boy. And Angie made the comment. She said, isn't it amazing? At four years old, she knows the difference. But we have people in their 50s and 60s that can't decide what they are. Ladies and gentlemen, we can give grace to anybody. But we, can't give, we cannot show them love if we give them grace but don't tell them the truth. Okay, so I'm talking about man your battle station this morning. Verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. If you've got faith, you can defeat the devil every time. Taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You can defeat the devil every time. Then how come we don't? Because we're in the flesh. A lot of times when we should be operating in the spirit. And what do you, what do you mean by operating in the spirit? It's very simple. What would Jesus do in the situation? What would Jesus do in that situation? A lot of times when we're talking about it, we want to do what we want to do. Forget what Jesus did. See, that's operating in the flesh. And verse 17 says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Can I tell you, when I talk about manning your battle station, you are your battle station. You are your battle station because you're to have the helmet of salvation. You have to have the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith. You are your battle station. And I want to encourage you to man your battle station. Now, what do I mean when I say man your battle station? Take care of yourself. Not just in the physical, I'm talking in the spiritual. Watch what you read, watch what you say, watch what you look at, watch who you hang around. The Bible says in Philippians 4.18, finally, brethren, <clears throat> excuse me, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Now, you know, and if you like horror movies, you know, you can just ask, you know, you can forgive me for this. Now, we took our kids, our grandkids trick-or-treating. I guess we took the kids too because they went with us. And, you know, the kids had a good time and all that sort of thing. But I got to thinking, you know, the Bible says God's not given us a spirit of fear. Then why do we watch horror movies? 
Or why do we watch scary things? You know, and, and I'll tell you, Emma was not excited about scary things at all. And Kaysen wasn't excited about scary things at all. And there were certain places we would not let them go because of the, how the yard was set up. Now, I'm not, don't judge me. Don't, I'm not judging you. But if God's not given us a spirit of fear, why do we invite it into our house through the television and through the computer? It's just something to think about. Because we need to man our battle station because when the battle comes, we need to be ready at all times. We need to have our supplies ready. Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, loins girt about with truth. And we need to be having our minds ready. Think on those things that are pure and holy and, and lovely, the Bible says. I want to take you to 2 Chronicles in, in chapter 20. I'm going to read at length here for just a minute. It said, it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Amnon and them with them others besides the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, there cometh a great multitude against thee. When the enemy comes against you, and then how you feel that there's a great multitude, it, it hits all at once. I thought about the Plummer family. First, Pastor Richard. You know, I, I had sent Leslie a, a happy birthday text. And she said, thank you. I'm just worried about Richard. I sent about five or six question marks because I didn't know what was going on. So he's in the hospital. And one thing I forgot to pray about this. Did I mention Beth this morning? Okay, I'm sorry. I had her on my list. Beth Plummer had an emergency appendectomy Friday morning at 5.30. There was that. Then Todd texted me this morning about Dosha's mom and dad. Sometimes it hits you all at once. And sometimes what you have to do is when you are hit with it all at once, you still stand. Because the Bible says you can stand. Listen, if we don't take this for what it says, we can't take it for anything at all. Because the Bible says when we've done all we know to do, what? Stand. And don't back up. Don't give in. Don't let the, don't let the enemy win. The only time the enemy wins in my life is if I let him. There's no other way around that because he's been defeated. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. He's been defeated. Christ made sure of that on Calvary. But me being in the flesh, I fight the battle. I'm convinced I'm convinced that the only reason we fight a battle is because we live in this flesh, okay? Let's go on a little bit further in 2 Chronicles. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, there come a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they that are in Hazaz Amon Tamar, which is in, uh, um, in Gedi. I had that so right when I was practicing it. I had it so right. Watch this. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. I, and Pastor and I have talked about this, and some of us have talked about this. We don't understand why people, when they have circumstances that they go in life that are insurmountable, it seems to them, and they seem so overwhelmed, they run away from God instead of to God. I, and I don't understand that. I don't understand that to save my life because I'm telling you, as much as I love you and as much as we lean on you and you lean on us, can't nobody do for us like Jesus does for us. So what did Jehoshaphat? He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together. So the, the, the head, the leader, the ruler set himself to seek the Lord and then the country followed. He's set himself to seek the Lord. It's time for us to follow. Amen.
And, Je- uh, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of the, all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, he's praying, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven and rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in thy hand there is not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee. Art not thou our God who distriveth out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. Watch this. And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary the end for thy name saying, if when evil, evil come upon us, cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine. Does that sound familiar? We stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. In other words, Father, when all this comes against us, we're going to come to church. We're going to come to church and we're going to worship you. You know, I, I, I told, told them Wednesday night, and by the way, you that are here now that are going to be here Wednesday night, don't forget to bring your envelopes back, just saying. I told him Wednesday night, I said, I'm tempted to start every one of my sermons with life and death and the power of the tongue. I was thinking on my way to church this morning and about worship. You know, life and death is in the power of the tongue. What you say is important, but what you're not saying is important. Because in the middle of the storm, as you man your battle stations, you man your battle stations by putting on the whole armor of God, but by worshiping him. Let me tell you, in the middle of the storm is when you need to be talking the most. And I'm not talking about to everybody else. I'm talking about talking to him. It's time that we put our worship another level up. I'm not talking about this praise team. Sometimes I feel so sorry for you guys. I really do. Because they are just, there's, and I'm, you know, they're my family, so I can say it. I'm not talking about just Angie. This is my family. They are some of the most anointed people I've ever seen. Amen. They lead us into worship. But they can't worship him for us. So many times, and I'll just confess it right here, so many times they get me right into the presence of God, and what do I do? I don't go all the way in, but I stop right before my miracle takes place. I'm talking about what you say is important and what you don't say is important. When you're in the midst of the battle, man your battle station, yes. But when you're in the midst of the battle, you need to be talking to him more than you talk to anybody else. In prayer, in worship, in declaration. Sometimes you just need to stand in the middle of your house and say, devil, no, go and don't come back. In the name of Jesus. Does that work? Yes, it does. It does. Now, let's go on to verse 13 in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And all Judah stood before the Lord. Watch this with their little ones, their wives, and their children. The men brought the family to church. Well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor, you're in the house of the Lord. My husband doesn't come to church. That's no reason to stop believing that he won't or that she won't. What do I do? I've been, been trying to witness to my husband for years. I've been trying to tell him for years. I've been, I've been trying. Keep trying. Keep trying. My mind goes back to Joyce Votaw when she knocked on Brenda Hall's door. Joyce Voltaw kept knocking on the door, kept knocking on Brenda Hall's door. A little boy named Tommy Hall was in, that, in the house. She kept knocking, and Brenda kept saying no, kept saying no, kept saying no. I can see that. I can see Brenda saying no. 
But what, what each of them didn't know is that the Lord was working on both ends. Because Joyce Voltal had made a comment. She said, I'm going to try one more time. I'm going to knock one more time. And if she don't, I'm done. And what been unbeknownst to her, Brenda Hall said, if she knocks one more time, I'm going. Well, let me tell you, she knocked one more time. And they came. And look what happened. Amen. So you just keep on trying. You keep on believing for your husband. You keep on believing for your wife. But the Bible says, and all Judah stood before the Lord and their little ones, their wives and their children. I'm talking about manning your battle station. That's you. Then upon a Jezahil, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benadiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, upon Jehaziel, upon Jehaziel came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. The Holy Ghost moved in the Old Testament upon people, upon people. But look at the last verse, and I'll close with this. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord, hearken ye, all Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord, this is Jehaziel speaking, thus saith the Lord unto you, be not afraid, nor dismayed, by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And that's the point I want to bring out to you too. I believe the reason we are in a battle is because we are in the flesh. Because church, the battle is the Lord's and he's already won the victory. I want to encourage you, man your battle stations. Start today. Start today manning your battle station. Let the Lord work through you to reach those that you think are unreachable. And let me tell you something. I want to tell you, just knock one more time and see what the Lord won't do. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we thank you for those that have served our nation pridefully and with a servant's heart to protect us. I speak blessing on them. I speak blessing on this people. Father, as we go through this day, we just thank you for miracle after miracle after miracle. God, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. God bless you. Let's get ready for Sunday school. Amen. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.